Welcome to the coffee celebration. Today, my guest is Deanna Contino, and she is one of these priceless friends from back in the day at Miami University that I got to meet. And she was a mentor to me and a really great friend. And she moved all the way to California to find her life and her passion and her family and all that good stuff. So we're going to get caught up today. <laughs> so um, it's going to take on a life of its own, I'm sure. So I am so happy to see your beautiful face. Me too. It's like, it's like you're, you don't age. Look, look at your skin. It's your moisturizer. It's the Zoom filter. It's what? It's the Zoom filter. No, it's not. Oh, my gosh. Oh, like a boss. Love your coffee mug. Mine yeah, is the yeah. boss. The free cup day. Oh, nice. <laughs> so when you went to Miami, you went back yeah. to California. Yeah. You're from, which part of California? I'm from San Diego, so Southern California. Okay. Like yeah. Southern as you can get. Okay. And you yeah. went to Chapman, right? No, I no. went to Cap Poly Pomona. So I kind of oh. went into the Orange County area. Yeah. Um, Pomona is not Orange County area, just in case anyone's listening. But I lived in Fullerton um, and I got a job at Cap Poly Pomona doing student activities and Greek life. And you were there for 17 years, right? For no, that was, I think I was there for three to four years. And then I went to Cal State Fullerton. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I was there for 13 years. And now I'm at Whittier College. And I've been here for five years. Oh my gosh. So you went to Greek life. Yeah. And I, I don't know many people that can stay in Greek life long term. <laughs> No. It, it, it has a high turnover rate. I mean, I'm Greek. You were Greek. I mean, we're all Greek, right? But <laughs> we, we know that Greek life is a lot of risk management. It's a lot of emotions. It's a lot. It's a lot of student development. It's 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 where it all comes together. Um, did you find that after a few years, it wasn't sustainable? Um, I think it was just a lot, you know, it's, you're working with nationals. Um, it wasn't sustainable and funny story. I met my partner working Greek life and that's how we got married because he was assigned to the Greek, um, fraternities from the city of Fullerton as a police officer. Tell me how this works. Like, (laughs) so, so a Fullerton, um, had a, has a really close relationship with the city. Okay. Um, and there's just some concerns about safety. So they partnered with our university police department and our Fullerton police department. Um, and that's how I met. Cause I had to, you know, plan and make sure the students knew their event safety and had all of their things. And so I met him doing that and he's older. So he's like, Oh, you want to get out? You want to go for a date? You want to get married? I was like, sure. <laughs> I was like, before I knew it, <laughs> all right. I was married and it just, you know, I think I was ready in my career um, to move to the next step. I wanted to kind of go into academic affairs a little bit more because I missed my academic advising days from Miami. I really loved those opportunities. So that it was just a natural next step after working in Greek life. Okay. Because 13 years at one institution, there's a lot of growth. So did you start off with academic advising or because you kind of because you're at the top of the food chain now in student affairs. I just want to say that for our listeners. And um, so walk me through 13 years. What did that yeah. look like? 
No, actually, it, it, you're totally right. I kind of feel like I grew up on that campus, you know, from um, a younger professional and then my friends who had been there too. I mean, you start out like you have no budget. What do we do? We're one people departments and you kind of work. And then, you know, Fullerton just grew um, over the years. So went into academic advising and worked for a faculty member, which is amazing. Dr. Bridget Driscoll, which I love. She taught me so much about working with faculty. Um, and so ran, was the assistant director of the academic advising department at Cal State Fullerton, and then um, had an opportunity to work in the office of the president at the time under Dr. Gordon, um, running his present scholars program. And I said, well, what an amazing opportunity to work in the president's office, work for a scholarship program, do advising. Um, so it was a merit-based program. So worked for him for a few years and then just learned the inner workings of a presidential office, which is just, I mean, it's the best, like, I think education you could ever get. And then um, he retired and there was some interim changes. And then um, Dr. Uh, Mildred Garcia came on board. And then from there, I just had a really great opportunity to go home back to student life. And actually, before I left there, had developed and worked um, with our Guardian Scholar Program, which serves our foster youth, present scholars, AB 540, which is our undocumented um, students, um, first gen, um, and create a scholarship retention program from pre-matriculation to graduation Um, and got to, you know, develop an office and you know, hire people. And then we moved a couple of times. So had the opportunity to develop offices and what does that look like to do a capital project? And um, yeah, so I just, I had a really great opportunity just to grow and work in different areas. And then working, I worked very closely with advancement in my last job because we raised funds and worked on grants. So I learned a lot about advancement. I learned about a lot of working with donors and donor relationships, and then um, just met some amazing faculty at Fullerton that really partnered with me. Um, to make sure our students, you know, saw themselves in the college, right? Because we're a Hispanic serving institution, um, minority serving institution. So it was really important for me to to partner with key faculty um, and to hire um, my team to make sure that my my students saw themselves yeah. um, in their environment. Um, so yeah, and then from there, just, you know, had an opportunity as like, you know, you do your performance evaluations and you're like, okay, what else can I do? And then, you know, there's just sometimes at colleges, there's not that opportunity to kind of move up. And so I just thought I'd put my name in the hat at Whittier College Associate Dean for Student Life. Um, And I have been there. Yeah. And then within like, I don't know, three years, got the interim vice president position and now I'm vice president. Um, Yes. Yes. And it's crazy. (laughs) And I'm just, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I've been totally following you and your success. And Fullerton is actually, there's so many campuses in the state college system. Mm-hmm. Fullerton is one of them. Right. Right. So do you get money from the state of California and then federal money or? because for, for the CSUs, it's state assisted. Okay. Yeah. So there is some tax money, but then, um, you know, then other funding comes in from other funding areas, such as, you know, tuition and fees. And then um, donor um, is also an important part of that and grants and federal funding and all of those things. Yeah. But when you work, when you go to a private liberal arts college, (laughs) there's no state funding. And it's interesting because, um, you know, now they're starting to talk about the importance of private liberal arts college within the California higher education plan. Um, because we do serve, I mean, Whittier, if no one knows, um, we are predominantly 
um, historically underrepresented students, so HSI, MSI. Um, and what we are doing is we're graduating um, Latinx students at like amazing rates. Yeah. And our Black African-American students. So it's so great to just see that um, because a small, you know, I mean, we're not perfect by any means, but we have an amazing president, President Ubre, who's done a lot of work on diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives. So that's yeah, amazing. so that's where I'm at. Okay, so you like go to every event? Are you on campus nonstop? Yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag a little bit. So I mean, I I don't even know how to say. I just kind of want to share my story so other. Wait. Um, so so um, I don't know when I so my when I married um, my partner, he had a son, um, and I raised him since he was eight years old. And officially adopted him. So now he's 25. So he moved to Vegas and is a firefighter. Um, and we wanted to be close to him. And then we have a 10-year-old daughter. So my family lives in Las Vegas and I commute back and forth. So yes, I go to everything on campus. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know. How far is that? Um, it's a three-hour to four-hour drive, but it's like a 30-minute plane ride. And you yeah. fly every day? No. So I stay there three to four days a week. Normally I come in on Mondays. Um, but like recently I've been there Monday through Friday. Um, so Sam will either um, drive in on a weekend and bring Bella. Um, but um, he's retired. So, you know, he gets to do daddy daycare. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, yeah, I'm very lucky. I'm just, I'm very, very blessed to have a partner who does all that. Um, and it's, it's for a season, right? We, we think right. about it for a season, but, you know, if it was anybody else, no one would be questioning it. So it, it's kind of hard as a female identified leader, yes. um, but we're making it work. I think technology, like we do FaceTime, you know, we talk every day. I do homework with Bella. Um, and I just, I had this amazing opportunity that I just, you know. Absolutely. We just, mm -hmm. I wanted to, and my, and, and, and Sam was just like, you've got to do this. Like I'm 110% behind you. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> I know it's not that it's perfect at all. You know, there's Nothing times is. I get on the Nothing plane, I'm like, oh, crying. But, you know, it's times like these where, you know, you get a week off for the break and you just, you, you really value your, the time you have with your family. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So how long have you been in the vice president role? Oh my gosh. Um, it was right after like in July of the pandemic. Um, so two and a half years? No, towards the end of it. Oh, okay. Um, we had gone back, um, to campus. Okay. Um, so I think it was uh, about a year ago and okay. then I got the position in February. I, my timeline is completely off. Right. Cause like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> in higher ed years, it's like 10 for every year. I think I said, I don't know. That's how it feels. <laughs> so what do you supervise? What's your, um, I oversee, um, uh, student counseling center, student health and wellness, a residential life, student engagement, our dean of students, and then we've um, moved to a care program. So, which means we instead of early alert, it's mental okay. health and academics and basic needs. I've had an amazing person build a ba a beautiful basic needs program for our students. So, what's great, we call it our poet pantry, um, and it's right next to the dean of students' office, and we've got lines of students, which is great because you're, you know, you're. Um, can't think it's what's six o'clock in the morning. Um, uh, demystifying, you know, poet pantry or make, normalizing it, right? 
yeah. um, that support is, you know, we're there for you and it's all donor funded and it's just been amazing. Um, so on call, I oversee title nine, um, bias, I know. Um, and then I used to oversee, um, our equity inclusion office, but it, it just recently moved to our associate vice president for equity inclusion. Um, but we work very closely with them. Um, and I continue to make sure that as a central part of my division. Oh, and then recently I got athletics. Oh, oh, just a little bit. Oh. And we're division three. So um, it's, it's a little different, um, but it's still the same and it's amazing. Yeah. And it's, I just enjoy it. I just, you know, there's days when, you know, you just have a hard day and I just go to an event or I go to a practice or I go to an athletic event um, or even a club and organization event just to yeah. be with students, even if they don't want me there, because maybe I made a decision or, they're like, who's this person? But I think it's important to show up, you know? Yeah. Well, that's so. the next question. Because if you don't know Deanna, you don't know that she is a very student-centered, um, caring uh, individual. And I cannot imagine how hard it was for you. Um, because I do know that as you take on more responsibility, the less engagement you have with students sometimes. It's, it's sometimes meeting heavy. It's sometimes you know, it's not a nine to five, eight to five position. It's like you were just saying, and um, showing up at student events or, or Greek life or at athletics or whatever. So how have you, I guess, I don't want to say compensated that student fix, because I remember at Miami, it was like, students flock to you. And that was just one of your gifts. And now that you have become more of an administrator, is it hard for you not to have that? And it's probably changed so much um, throughout the course of your career. Um, I, I don't know. How have you gone with that transition? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is that at a small private liberal arts college, and I can't speak for all, I can just speak for Whittier, mm -hmm. um, it's easy. And I think I took this role because I didn't want to be that VP that just yeah. like was like, you know, disconnected. So our office is on a ground level. <laughs> so you go through the, I mean, our student newspapers down the street, I mean, down the, the door, our student government doors right across from us. So we're, yeah, so we're super accessible. And I think that not, I think, but one of the key things is, for example, when things are going on on campus, it's those relationships. So the student might not be really happy with your decision, but you've been right. in community with them before. And they, they know your heart. I think that's what's important. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so, and you know, they know you're looking out for them and you know, you want, they know what you want the best for them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I love about it. And I make, I try to make time. So I put it in my calendar, like, okay, there's a play on campus. So I'll put that in my calendar to go, or okay. I'll try to go eat in the dining hall. Right. Yeah. We only have one on campus, Um. but just go eat and then just go by myself to eat. And if there's students there, I'll join them if not, but they, they see you in community with them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really, really important. So. Absolutely. How are you preparing? I don't know if people realize this, but in higher ed, there's this cliff coming with, oh. yeah. How is your college preparing for students not typically going to college, less students? What, how are you preparing for that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we're in talks right now, which I love. Mm -hmm. This is the fun stuff, right? It's the visionary work. Yeah. Um, it's looking at the data of what's out there, our adult learners, right? It's being able, I mean, it's my family. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's my son who didn't get a bachelor's degree. It's my husband who didn't finish his degree. You know, what can, what can I do to provide more access to them? It's like, I'm living it. Right. Um, and so, um, I think it's also the certificate programs being able to do that. But I think what's key Wendy in this is that student life needs to see themselves as educators, right? We are part of that education. What, what can we bring to the table? What can we offer as a degree program? Um, and I think also, I think one thing that I really want to give a shout out to all our student life people is we pivoted quickly in COVID. Like we were frontline. So we had to figure out how to connect with students via zoom or Google text or use our tools. So being able to provide hybrid support, I mean, Mm -hmm. we know how to do that. Um, and then I think the other thing is just, um, having a business entrepreneurial mindset. I mean, if I had to go back, (laughs) I was always afraid of business because of business calculus, but you know, I mean, I, I I did, but I read leadership books and I try to read, but it, I mean, as much as I was thinking about this, you know, as much as people don't want to think higher ed is a business because it's like, Oh, everything Mm -hmm. is a business. So it's a, it's a matter of how do you create the best student experience, um, support your faculty, support your staff from burnout, um, be able to support them in a way, in a manner that honors education and honors creative thought and right. um, all of that. So it's hard, right? It, it's mm-hmm. it's a hard kind of thing to navigate, but it's 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 best when you have visionary leaders kind of moving it forward. And our our president and we have a really good team um, that is moving it forward, but can't always share the great conversations. Right. Cause it's like, yeah. we're not ready to share, but then everyone's like frustrated. Like, why are you not sharing the the vision? And it's like, I get that. Right. Cause I was that one person, not at the VP level. Right. And I'm like, you yeah. never know in this chair what people are going through. So, um, it's just about what can I communicate to my team that can keep them motivated and like looking forward. So that's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, talking about adult learners, I, that's my position now. I work with. I saw that. I was like, we got to chat. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And these students, I, I don't think I was this motivated as an undergrad or even a graduate student and what they balance and how they make it happen is, uh, just so awe-inspiring to me because it's, and I work at a, at a private Jesuit campus and it's insanely expensive, but we give a ton of scholarships. We have a reduced tuition um, rate for adult learners. Um, we struggle with that engagement piece because we want them to feel connected to campus, but they work full-time jobs. They're balancing aging parents, small children. How do we do this? But I love it. I think I kind of found my place after 25 years in the field. But, you know, it's it's good. And I, I love adult learners. They just inspire me so much. Um, it really is. And, and looking at how the field is going to change slightly, it's going to build up the population in adult learners is that's the one that's going to grow. And so um, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I mean, I even think about my 10 year old, right. And she's has an iPad and what she does on the iPad and what's, what majors are not created yet yeah. that our, our kid, your kids are going to want to be a part of, or what are they going to want to do or right. 
so it's like, how do you create this world in 10 years from now that doesn't exist? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, my kids are so wicked tech smart. I just, <laughs> like literally we had, my phone was so old, okay, that my kids said to me a year ago or so, the software will not be supported after December, mommy. So I'm like, no, I love it. Stop it. Go away. They're like, mommy, 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 if you're not going to have much to do on your phone. So finally they, they took my, my, uh, you know, myself into a store and we got this deal on the 13 phones or whatever, the I-13s. And by the time we left the store and got home, my middle son Hayden had set it up, done facial recognition, had completely, I mean, it was a 10 minute drive and he was already done. And I have no idea how to use my phone besides Facebook and email, you know, and um, you're absolutely right. I mean, and what they learn and how they pick it up so quickly. Um, yeah, I don't know what 10 years is going to look like. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, and I don't think with um, having worked at Cincinnati State, which is a two two year community college, it's never really two years, but it's a. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I had students graduating with degrees that, for me, having a master's, they they started off making at least twenty thousand more than I did, and I've been in the field for twenty plus years, and I'm like, I want to be a welder, you know, I want to. Let me go in. Let me do civil engineering. You know, I mean, obviously, I would not be good at these jobs. But, um, you know, it's it's just such a different, um, I guess, place right now um, where people can just do anything, you know, and yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. So who are the mentors in your life? Like, um, well, actually, you you opened up, but you you honestly you were Wendy Sue. Oh. Like, no, you have to know this. Like, when I saw you, and I can't remember. Please don't. It was it Noah? You had Noah at Miami. Uh, Matt. Matt. Oh, Max. Maxie. Max. It's okay. He's nine, <laughs> he is nineteen and huge. Oh my gosh. No, I, I mean honestly, when I saw you have Max, and then you know I watched you go to the children's center on campus and just be a mom. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I mean, not that my mom couldn't do it, but just to see another woman in the field, be able to do it. And you just, your joy. And there is no one like you in the world. I'm just telling you right now, you're just such a joyful, beautiful person. Um, so yeah, you're one of my mentors. I definitely, um, I think, I think I want to give you that credit, um, and all that. Um, I'll, I mean, I'm going to be really boring, but like my dad, my dad's aging. So you talk about aging parents. So right now yeah. it's like, um, you know, an aging dad, um, trying to figure out what to do. And I'm very anti, you know, putting them in a home, putting them in a home. My mom is helpful, but now we're having conversations about, you know, where to, where'd my mom and him live? Like, does, does he share time between me and my sister? Um, but you know, <laughs> he's so cute. He's like, I have Miha, I have your dissertation on my coffee table. You take that with you to every job, you know, job, you know, uh, interview and you let them know what great things you did then. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to cry. Like, um, you know, it's just amazing. And I think, um, you just have like a board of people around you, like at moments, right. Don't laugh at me, Wendy, but like when I'm you not- get to this, like point in your life, like friendships, right. I, I feel like you have this category of friendships. Right. 
like some are always there for you um, and your writer dies and then some are like they disappear for a little bit and they come back in your life and there's just some constants. And so it's kind of like mentorship in that way or yeah. fem, fem, mort- fem, fem mort- I can't even talk this morning. I apologize. Um, fem tour. Yeah. <laughs> have a coffee sip. Um, but I just think like, you know, and it could be people I don't even know. It could be a book I'm reading. Like, right. f- honestly, the, okay. Talk about student life and higher ed, you know, we we're told don't say yes all the time, but I feel like this year is a year to say yes to me. And so I'm reading Shonda Rhimes book, the year of yes. Yeah. Just, I want to get that book. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's about, you know, her journey and I haven't read all of it yet, but just her journey, what she said yes to and how she's, you know, written, you know, scandal and murder she wrote. And I think Grey's Anatomy and just like what she did as a mom. And so it's like, you say, oh, I'm not going to say yet, but no, it's like, I'm going to do this because it's yes to myself, right? It's right. not yes to other people. Um, so I think that's, I'm going to do that. So just like, you know, literature and just trying to read and, you know. And I all think, your free time. Yeah. And all my free time, right? And yeah. all my free time. But you have to make time. Like, I, right. 30 huh? Yeah. 30 oh, wait, talk about that. Okay. So that, okay. You had a question about me time, right? Yeah. And granted, I do get me time when I'm like in California, but the, the one, but anybody can contact me work, you know, right. The one time that I'm completely off the grid per se is when I'm in the air. Right. Cause I'm, yeah. I mean, I do yeah. have, like, I could do Wi-Fi, <laughs> but I don't. Want to. Right. So right. I just put my Wi-Fi on, I watch a Southwest movie and I'm yeah. good to go. And then for 30 minutes or 45 minutes, I'm cannot be contacted. So yeah. Quiet time. That is awesome. And I don't talk to people on the plane unless I really have to because I just, I just, (laughs) I just want to like have my quiet time. (laughs) Your mom, I remember meeting your parents when they came. Oh yeah. Um, and your mom, like, what a fierceless female. Okay, she has her doctorate, right? No, actually, she was getting her doctorate, and then it just got too much for her. Okay, and then she stopped. But she was she like a superintendent or yeah she retired as a principal out of a high school yeah and so like yeah she's fearless yeah it totally is I know she's aging too and I know that's because in our minds as adult children we still keep them kind of at a place when we were growing up and it's hard to see that um aging and their limitations and what they can do. And, um, is she, is she doing well? Like, yeah, I mean, she's, she's, I mean, she's like, she's, she's doing well, but I think she also needs a break. Right. So it's like, my mom is very strong and like, no, I don't need any help. I've got this. So that's why as much as when my parents come to see me, like we take care of dad just to give her a break. And, um, yeah. So, but she loves my, my sister has two little ones under five, seven, seven or eight. No, no, no. Kara's eight. Jordan's five. So eight and five. Yeah. And so that just brings my mom life, like yeah. just being with the little ones. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that's helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. So seeing where you are professionally, is this kind of where you want to stop or do you have goals to be president of a university? No, no. no. Your eyes are like, <laughs> nothing. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I say this on the podcast, but like, I, I, I think this will like that I'm going to be a one and done vice presidency person. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I really, you know, I think my heart is really in teaching and consulting. Yeah. Um, And just like, like you said, like coaching other people um, and being there and just having them. Like I've been very blessed um, to have experienced a lot in my role. Um, yeah. It's really hard, um, but I've learned a lot about myself. Right. You know me, I'm like, Oh, I care a lot about people think about me. You can't in this job yeah. <laughs> and you really yeah. have to have boundaries. Um, I was going to ask about boundaries. That was my next mm-hmm. question. So, yeah. cause I don't have very good boundaries. <laughs> Um, <laughs> even, even recognizing that at 51, I don't have really good boundaries. Um, and I was going to ask how you develop them and continue to implement them. So I can just take copious notes right now. Yeah. 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 Um, take copious notes. <laughs> I think one of them is you have to have emotional boundaries and physical boundaries, right? So sometimes you just have to close the door. And as much as like, if you're an open door leader, you just got to close it. Um, so students aren't just coming in and then that's the kind of office we have. So you just come in, oh, I see Deanna working there. I'm just going to walk into her office because that's the kind of culture I've created. Um, so it's a matter of, there's going to be times I'm going to close the door or don't call me after five. So I started doing this when you, cause I had to, is I put my out of office on, on the weekends because like perfect example, I had a student (laughs) email me wanting me to answer her on Saturday. I'm like, you're just lucky. I'm checking my email, but I've, I've got it. Cause if you, if you don't, they think you're constantly working. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think um, my partner has been really good at that. That was really yeah. hard in our marriage when I first started. Right. Cause when you're starting to like trying to prove yourself, you're like, Oh, I got to call it. I got to pick up the phone no matter what time. So my phone like does not come to the dinner, ta- dinner table. Yeah. And actually yeah. Um, heard that from one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Jeannie Ortiz is like the phone doesn't come to the dinner table, you know? Um, we, we sit down when I'm here and eat as a family. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm going to be the best piece of advice. You know, we talk about compensation and, you know, like our, yeah. you know, our beautiful paychecks is if you can, if you can, um, if you can negotiate executive coaching into your compensation, I think that's like amazing. It's kind of like a conference. It's like your, your, your college is investing in you. What um, is that? Can you explain that for yeah. So I was really, I'm really blessed to have this opportunity with my president where she was like, okay. And first of all, you're like, oh my gosh, I need coaching. What's wrong with me? And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's the most amazing like opportunity because it's someone I can talk to, not at the college. Um, and it's a holistic, it's like, okay, Dan, let's talk through that decision. Let's talk through that conversation. How can you approach it differently? Yeah. Um, how can you, for example, I was, Last week was just crazy. I won't talk about it on this, but we'll talk offline. And I had a meeting with somebody and I'm like, before I walk in that meeting, I'm just going to sit on this bench at 10 minutes. I'm going to sit on this bench and be present. And I heard the wind through the the trees and then just was very present about my surroundings. I'm like, this is important. You've got to take time to breathe and pause. So, yeah, I don't know if I have all the answers, but those are a couple little tweaks that I've made um, to make sure that, you know, I protect my time when I have it and my space, right. And my heart, cause I have a huge heart. So everything I do, I take personally. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> that is so true. That was one thing at Miami where it was like, 
you know, you were a coordinator, but you were like on campus. And I think an element of residence life is trying to develop those boundaries because we live with our students. We eat with our students. They see us constantly. And then you're supervising people and it just kind of trickles down. And um, I think there's that's also why there's a high turnover rate with housing professionals oh, yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, having those boundaries and being present. I also have learned at my current campus that um, if I can ask for knowing our salaries and it's really not a true reflection of what we do, right. um, to put it nicely, um, if I can get just extra days off here and there, yes. Yes. you know, I'm just like, and our, see, it's so cool because, and this is another thing I want to bring up, but it's just coming at me all the time. A lot of your mentors are, are fierceless women right? And I'm in academic affairs now for the first time ever. And I absolutely love it. So my supervisor's a woman. She reports to the assistant provost, associate provost, the provost and the president, all women. It's absolutely amazing. And if we need extra time, if we need, and they've all been moms, they've all had to balance it all. So it's not like I have to go and like sometimes, um, my co-parent doesn't pick up a child and then I have to like go and pick up that child. Uh It's like completely understood, you know? And I think that, um, what am I trying to say? It's not companionship, but it's just, it's just knowing that I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I love working in academics. It's having like a sense, for example, like, you know, I'm always like family first. So even when people were going back um, to campus, yeah, I, I told my team, you get one day you work, work remotely. Absolutely. Because that is part of your health, your wellness. And if you got to go pick up a, you know, a child or a parent, like that comes first. We'll, we'll get the work done. The work will get done and we'll figure it out. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I think that was really important as leaders that we still give um, our team that space because I think that's important. I mean, that's the one gift that we can give that doesn't cost money, you know? Flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. How are you? How would you give me some suggestions on boundaries? Oh, dude, I don't know anything. <laughs> okay. So this has just been an ongoing um you know, development in my train wreck life, but, um, it's not train wreck. I'm going to focus on good things. Um, it's been a challenge. Um, you know, I've been divorced, uh, four years and I did so, so that I could raise healthy, emotionally mature, uh, young men. And every day I'm tested with boundaries with my co-parent. It's been four years and it still feels like um, maybe he didn't get the memo, you know, that it's important for him to uh, grow as an individual and the conversations that he still needs to have with me just aren't relevant or appropriate anymore. 
And uh, what it comes off looking like is um, not that I'm crazy, but that I'm angry because I have to say, I don't need to have this conversation with you. Please don't have this conversation with me in front of the children. Um, and the pushing of boundaries. So I know you know I'm Jewish. And so our rabbi, may he live and be well, has like become our mediator. And so when a decision I make isn't what this person wants, he calls a meeting with the rabbi. And then I'm like, I've already given you my answer. I've already done this. And so I think where I'm developing personal boundaries, because right now I'm only seven months into my job. Really, I'm still in that newish absorbing phase. Um, it's just to, for my own mental health and for my kids to see as an example, is that um, these are mommy's boundaries. And if you have questions, you can ask me, but this is why I have it. And so I think for me, it's been really good to um, try and implement and learn more about healthy boundaries. And I've had my therapists, I've had those books you talk about, um, uh, the media and literature and uh, women I like uh really want to be like, you know, I want to emulate certain people based on their boundaries and how they present themselves. And, but it's just been hard, you know, because, um, you know, I, I can't control this person, nor do I want to, but I also want my boundaries to be uh, respected. And if, if I make a decision regarding something, then that should be it. Um, I am the custodial and residential parent. Um, and since Max turned 18, I'm his guardian because of his intellectual disability. And so just lots of parts, you know, it's, um, it was a huge test and a huge leap of faith, but I'm, I'm trying to constantly be open to what healthy boundaries look like for me and how to make those right choices. So it it trickles down for my kids to see that, no, not everybody needs to like you, which I still struggle with. And I don't care what people think, but I still struggle with it. You know, like, yeah. so they see mommy in a different light. So that's yeah. where I'm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you're such a light for other people. And you need to know that, like, even through Facebook posts or your videos, <laughs> I just, I just, I, I always remember our interactions and just like, I just, just loved being in your presence and how you would just, I don't know, you feel comfort when you're around you. So I want you to know that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's been a little hard. So since we've seen each other, yeah. you know, um, I just, I love that you have your family around you. And I love that you found this um, this partner because that's what hearing you speak. He is a partner. Yeah, you know, it's not like this husband wife level thing. Yeah, um, and I think that's amazing. 
to find a partner. There's so much difference in that um, even word. So because sometimes I think um, some men believe that women are, are there to to be at their beck and call. And yeah. I love that for you. I yeah. really, how much older is he than you? Can you just say that? Yeah, he's 14 years older than me. Oh my gosh. My parents were 14 years apart. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he's experiencing some health issues. So it's like, I've got my parents, I've got him. Right. And you're old. I've got, you know, all these things. Um, but it, it, you know, it is a lot of hard work because he's very, we're both the first children in the family. So we both like to make decisions, <laughs> but it's like give and take. We were just talking about it last night at dinner. I was like, I'm just really thankful that you let me do what I got. He's like, but I'm so proud of you. I'm just so proud of you. So, but it takes a lot of work. I'm not going to say it's like perfect. Well, perfect. It is. No way. Yeah. <laughs> been married, Six, knows. yeah. But, yeah. It's, um, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so have every president that you've worked for been a woman? No, mm-hmm. no, okay. no, no. Um, some of them have been males, a male identified. Um, and then, yeah, no, not all of them. And it's interesting because it's like, I I really, I mean, I really love our, our my president now. She gets it. Like, you know, it's hard, you know, when you're a VP and you just want to cry and be vulnerable. Um, it's like, who do you, who do you show that vulnerability to? It's still hard. Um, but you know, she's a mom, she gets it and it's nice. It's refreshing. It's really refreshing. Um, and she just gets me to think about things differently, which I really appreciate. That's great. Yeah. How long has she been the president? Um, we've been there the same time. So she came a little bit before me. Yeah. It's about five years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is so true because um, I have a friend, he swears we're going to write a book because he's, <laughs> his name is Jake and he likes to be called Big J. And I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> he says, Wendy, do you know that you preface a lot of conversations that go, just judge me favorably. Okay. So he thinks our book is going to be called judge me favorably. And we're going to just talk about the times that we've had jobs where we've cried. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I was in a job that I shouldn't have been in and it was next to a, um, a library, like a specific college library, not the big library, but for each different college. And they had this storage room and I used to go in there and cry every day. And so Jacob also tells these stories about that. And um, now what, that was many years ago. And I think the direction that higher ed is going into is um, tackling mental health as not an option. You know, it is, we used to go to the health, um, I guess, clinic on campus for shots, whatever, mm-hmm. but now expanding that mental health as a resource on campus for students, staff, and faculty is actually part of the compensation. And so um, I haven't cried since that that job, which is lovely. Um, But when you had talked about being vulnerable and crying, it reminded me that, yeah, 
um, I didn't always have the best boundaries and I didn't make right decisions based on what I thought was expected of me. Um, I actually took that job because my then husband was so excited about the pay um, because we would be making a ton of money and we didn't have debt. And so I, I pushed through, pushed through, pushed through. My youngest was one. So that wasn't really wow. right. And I'm just like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so um, it, it's nice having seen the direction of student affairs, academic affairs, just being on a campus, realizing that mental health is a big part of the entire um, health process. And it's a resource and a benefit, and it should be brought into every aspect of someone's position. And so um, I'm glad you have that. I'm glad she can see that what you need. And um, does she also embrace the fact, because I know you said you're on call, Mm -hmm. like when you're on the weekends, do you just shut off until you get a phone call? Or yeah, no, she's really good about it. I called her one day to just talk. She's like, Deanna, the weekends are meant for you to recharge, <laughs> you know, cause we were trying to be, you know me, I'm like, Oh, I want to be the best. I want to be the best. And Monday. Uh-huh. yeah. And I took it as, Oh my gosh, she doesn't want to talk to me. And then no, it's, she's trying to create those boundaries for herself as well. So I just, I love that. And I totally respected that. And I I appreciate that as well. So it's those boundaries of, you know, the weekends are, unless it's like something that we really need to communicate about or for you to be with your family um, and to just take that time. So I really appreciate that. And I'm with that with my team too. Like if they're going through something, I just leave them alone. Like, and I was like, you contact me when you're ready to come back to campus or you want to talk about it because, you know, that's the last thing I want to do is talk to their boss about what's going on in their lives. So, oh, okay. yeah. So how are you going to segue into teaching and consulting? I don't know. I think that's, I got to figure out a plan for that. Um, I think talking to people, like getting that out right now, um, you know, maybe guest lecturing at a couple of, um, programs or finding a program that I can just guest lecture. I mean, I know it's, I'm trying to figure out how my life, if I were to teach right now, Mm -hmm. and I just think that creating those boundaries, right. I I need, I know myself well enough is like, if I put everything or pack everything, I'm not going to be the best kind of leader person that I can be or, or mom or wife or daughter, all the roles we play. right? Right. And so I think it's just creating a plan. And then figuring out what that plan's going to look like moving forward. Mm-hmm. And then just preparing myself for that. And I always say, I want to write a book too. So I'll, I'll help you with that. I'll write a book for your chapter. I'll write a chapter for your book if you want me Absolutely. to. Absolutely. I'm holding you to it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So um, tell me about this dissertation. Like what was it on? Oh, um, my dissertation. Oh my gosh. Um, so it actually was like on, um, it's action research, which I love about my program. And so basically I put it into action. So, um, we had an early alert program at Whittier called PEEP, (laughs) Poet Early Alert. And a lot of our students were utilizing it in a negative way. Like I got peeped or someone's peeping me. And so, right. So to see them see early alert as a negative thing, I was right. like, we, we've got to shift this. So I just used identity conscious programming, you know, like how do we communicate with our students um, when 
it's not just, they're not doing well in class. It's maybe they've got family, right? Everybody's got it. They're taking care of aging parents. <clears throat> they're working two to three jobs. Um, <clears throat> they don't see themselves in the classroom. And so to get a notification from a faculty member that you, you know, in some cultures, right? It's like, oh, the teacher knows more than I do. It's it's that dynamic of power. So it's about creating that safe space for them to even like have a support. So we created a care. We called it care, compassion, um, affirmation, resilience, and empowerment. Um, and we worked with academic affairs to say, okay, if it's an academic care referral, which we call a referral, it'll go through academic. If it's mental health or support, it'll go through there. And then we do a warm handover. So we include the student in the process. Because a lot of times, right, those processes are the student student is here and everyone's working around the student. Right. right. But it's about, okay, Wendy, I'm going to connect you with the business office. I'm going to connect you with financial aid. And then do like an email that connects them to do a warm handover. And that's what we say. We're going to do a warm handover now to the financial aid office to help you. Um, And then you connect them right away instead of saying, oh, well, let's schedule a meeting and then create all these barriers for the student. We just got to remove them. Yeah. Yeah. So just got to remove them. And then, and and I think at small liberal arts colleges, we have such a great relationship. Some of the departments are like, can you check on the student? Here's the ID. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not always perfect, but we also want to empower the student to say, here's a plan. We've talked about this. Here's your responsibility, you know, moving forward. And then how can we partner with you in your journey? So. So you got to implement something. Hardly and hardly ever happens. Yeah. Do you know that? Like, help us to see it in action. Oh my gosh, you must love that. Yeah, I do love it. I do love it. And I've been able to create a department around it. Um, and That's then we're partnering. Yeah, and then we got, we are partnering with our um, MSW interns at USC. Um, so, social work, I, I'm just like a huge fan of, yeah. you know, MSWs and social work being part of the higher ed conversation. Um, and they're amazing. They're amazing interns and can really, you know, connect with the student on that. Yeah. Oh my, I never heard of action, action-based research or a dissertation doing that. Is it, I mean, I only thought you had human subjects and then, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. see, even going back to the beginning of our conversation, we don't even know what's next. You know, like you're saying with your daughter, um, she's 10 and on an iPad. She can create her own, her own job. You know, we never thought there'd there'd be something called an influencer making millions of dollars a month. There was a conversation. Oh my gosh. That is. Yeah. She wants to grow up to be a YouTube star or like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, come on, that's okay. But, and, and, Let's see what that requires. <laughs> so it's been really great. And we've been able to develop basic needs and then we've been able to shift the language. But a lot of it was training with faculty and staff, right? Because you had people making decisions that didn't look like our students mm-hmm. and then how they referred to them and how they just talked about the student before I came on board is just, it was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. So we've been able to shift the culture, shift the narrative, shift the conversation about the student. And so- I'm, I'm, it's not, it's not perfect. Right. I'm always, but it's a, it's a different approach and our students, you know, whether or not we need to do another assessment now that it's been in practice mm-hmm. for two to three years. Um, but they don't feel, I'm hoping that they don't feel so 
you know, like I'm doing something wrong. They feel like, Hey, we care about you. Let's work together to figure out a solution moving forward. How has that affected retention rates? So I think retention is a bigger conversation, right? Okay. So, and that's the thing that's interesting. Cause I'm like, how do, how do you really tie student life to retention? Cause what my, what we are doing might help with retention, but there's all these other factors, right? It's in the classroom. It's um, external factors. It's, mm -hmm. you know, what, what's going on with COVID, what's going on with inflation. So there's right. so many competing factors. It's just what is really, like, what is really affecting retention at this point? Right. So right. um, we're going to start to collect that data. And so um, that'll be interesting to kind of see where that lies. But I'd like okay. to say that um, retention was a, a huge part of what we do. And that's where it's focused is like, how can we be a part of that conversation okay. and help our academic faculty and the college to retain our students? Absolutely. So. I, you know, as you're talking about, you've only been there five years and you've been able to positively, positively, can I talk? Shift the conversation into a place of implementation. Because as we both know, some institutions that is not embraced, oh, that's the word, embraced. Yeah. Um, because everyone likes their silo. Everyone likes how they do their thing. Um, but to be open to that, and, and actually engage in change is like, I mean, I'm listening to you five years and, and there's already been a, a shift in it. It's mind blowing because that rarely happens. Or maybe I'm back in the 80s where it rarely happened, but now it's, it's the new normal and I'm not aware of it just because of where I'm at in Ohio. I don't know. Well, no, I think it's, it goes back to coffee, right? So I, right. when I first got on, when I first got on board, I said, who do I need to take the coffee? Mm -hmm. So I found the faculty that were, I think the ones that were looked to a lot. And I just took them to coffee. I'm new. How can we work together? And then it's just that relationship building. Exactly. And then you show up for them and they'll show up for you. I love so, it. Oh. So it's just all about relationship building and it takes a lot of work, but you can't just say, Hey, go do this and expect people are going to do it. You, you have to be invested in who they are as people and you've got to spend time with them and know that you, you care about their success as well. So it's all intertwined. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned with advancement too, is it's all relationship building. Yes. Yes. It's, it's not hi, how many, no, it's, it's like, come to this. I want you to meet the student. Let's do a mentoring program. Let's, we have a really great mentoring program at Xavier. You know, if I wanted to work at graders, which I know you desperately. Oh, graders. I love graders. Right? Oh my God. So if I want to work at graders, well, <laughs> the person in charge of HR at graders is a Xavier grad. Let's get you guys together. Let's try and open that conversation. So like we have this whole program designed but it's getting people to take advantage of it. I know you miss graders. Oh my gosh. It's insane here. I can't even go. It's like jumping. That and pierogies. What? It's that and pierogies. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think people understand like in Ohio, but people come from the outside. <laughs> language. Okay. Oh, and then Skyline Chili, which I, you know. I can't. That just sends me right to the bathroom. I'm just, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> I couldn't embrace it. And, and what is Geta? Okay. Geta is like, like grits, 
with sausage and a gravy and a tube. And I couldn't do that. And then, you know, when people saying please for excuse me, or if someone's really cute, doll baby, and I'm like, where am I? Where am I? Am I in the Truman Show? Is this weird? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah. I, I just came, I didn't realize that this was the Midwest. Yeah. And after being here for many, many years, it, yeah. but um, <laughs> I'm sure when you moved back to California, you were like, thank God, you know, real food, real, you know, like Ohio can only do so much. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm in now. I'll make my own food. It's, oh my God. <laughs> no, I know. But yeah, the relationship building is so key mm-hmm. and it opens doors in ways that, you know, I know for myself, if um, someone in the admissions office does something for me, I am so quick to thank them, show up for them because they make my job easier. Yeah. I mean, and I'm nowhere on the food chain. I'm just this middle person trying to help our adult students reach their academic goals. And um, everybody plays a part. So I'm so proud that coffee was part of the conversation. (laughs) It always is. Coffee (laughs) or tea? Oh, my God. Water. Um, Water. Anything. Adult beverage. Um, So what coffee shops are really around in California that, you know, if I were to ever come out, I'd have to do. Because it's not like Starbucks is, I know Starbucks is everywhere, but aren't there some unique to your community that you yeah. have to get out at? Whittier, um, there's Lyft. It's called Lyft. Um, La Mañarca, which is, um, I, it's based in um, Latino and Latinx heritage. So it's great. So you get Mexican hot chocolate, you get champorrada. Like, okay. it's really great. Oh my God, you're going too fast. Okay. <laughs> What is Mexican hot chocolate? How does it differ from this like sugary sweet stuff that we? It's call? just a bitter. It's kind of a, a more rich bitter chocolate. Oh my god! You could probably get in the stores in a, in, in the Midwest. Maybe I'll send you some. Okay, like that. <laughs> How do we spell it? Lift with a Y or just an I? What the coffee shop lift? Oh, lift L Y F T. Okay, and then I'll send you the link for the other one. Oh my god, please, because yeah. Oh my goodness, it's just—it's delicious. Yeah. Are you really happy? Am I really happy? Um. Yes, and <laughs> and um. You know, I think Wendy, when when we were in Miami, um, you know. I always had the goal of being a vice president, right? Yeah. And um, never thought I'd get there. And I think that I'm just I'm just lucky to be here in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I am happy because I get to educate students and be with students. And you know, I think it's the greatest thing you'll agree. It's like when students that graduate text you. Or like, how are you doing? Or because of you or your, your mentees get together and they send pictures of themselves to you. And so I I definitely am, am happy to have this opportunity. Yeah. And I I do believe this is the hard one of the hardest jobs <laughs> besides a president. You know, I have much love for presidents who 
we've just got to make a lot of tough decisions. Um, and for, and for like, I love my, my the people on the, who are, you know, who work in the division, you know, yeah. I, I look at them as colleagues. I mean, they're smarter than I am. I, I always like to have people that are smarter than me who work with me. Yeah. And I, I just love to, to say, you're amazing. Like, I love how you just handled that. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter. Cause you know, I'm very much like that. I'm very much remember what it's like to be not at the VP level. Right. And granted, I'm in a small liberal arts school. So like it could mean different things at larger institutions. Um, so how small is your campus though? 1100 students, okay. 11 to 1200 students. Yeah. But it's a gorgeous campus. And, and that's me, but you know me, I would, I wouldn't do anything differently. I don't think I would thrive at a large institution. That's just not who my, who I am. Yeah. Um, but I think I love being able to connect with people on social media and seeing all of you and our Miami people, which was like a, a magical time in my life. It really was. I can't wait to take my family there um, to show them. Um, and it I think it just, go ahead. Thank so much. I, I'm sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it's so, okay, go ahead. I interrupted you, but it, no, it's like, yeah, it's just yeah. a season. It's like the season, the lessons you learn from each season. And so, Yeah. Oh, you definitely need to write a book. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for you that you, that you have reached that goal, um, professionally and you have a partner and a son and a daughter and is your son married? Is he? Yeah. I'm going to be a grandma on April. Um, yes. Yes. How are you a grandma? Well, because you know, I'm, you came before me. <laughs> you have three kids. Okay, I know how that works. But congratulations! Yeah, yeah I'm so excited. Oh that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. That's great. Yeah, I think we're at a natural stopping point, and I don't know if someone walked behind you with your. Yeah. So I want to let you go. And I know it's super early it's and I'm okay. so grateful and I just, I love you. And I'm so happy to see you again. And yeah. you really do inspire. So thank you. You inspire me too. Uh, it's not be so long to talk next time. Okay. All right. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I love you. I love you too. Okay. I love you. <laughs> Be well.